Okay, good uh, good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening. Uh, this is live from the laundry room. It's show number two on Sunday evening. And uh, last week's show was pretty good. There seemed to be people around on a Sunday evening, so I thought I'd give it another try. Um, I don't know whether people will come in immediately or whether they'll just drop in over the course of an hour. I'm going to try and keep it to about 45 minutes tonight because I've got somewhere to go in about 45 minutes. Uh, there's an auction going on for a friend of mine for for charity. Uh, they're auctioning his stuff off for, for the Variety Club, which is a, an entertainment charity. And I want to go along and support that as best I can. Alright, so the, sh the show is now officially shared on Telegram. So I know Lawrence was thinking about coming in, uh, Freedom Warrior. So I would expect him to show up in the next 10 minutes or so if he's actually around. And anybody else might come in. Dude Sean came in last week and, said, and was around for about half an hour or so. So he might show up again. There's no telling who will show up because all, all I've really done is, is let Freedom Warrior know. So what I'll do, I'll play a video until people start showing up in the room. Just a little bit of comedy, I think, tonight. Let's have some fun. And it turns out Monty Python and the Holy Grail is on YouTube, so there you go. Doesn't seem to have any sound on it though. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's your name, my friend? My name is Amit. And Amit. yours? 
I'm uh, from Dennis. Where are you from? Uh, based in the in the United Kingdom. I'm in the north of England. Okay, that's great. Yeah, this is just a casual casual show that I do on a Sunday. So I'll be here for about 45 minutes, I would think. You're welcome to stick around. There's no topic, really, so anything you want to talk about, as long as it's not politics. No, I don't know anything about politics. All right, cool. I do all I do the heavy stuff during the week. I don't want I don't I don't want to talk about that on a Sunday. But uh, it's cool. So any anything you want to talk about, just hang around. I'm playing a bit of Monty Python and the Holy Grail at the moment. So until a few more people come in, because I've just opened the room. So I'll, I'll do 10, 15 minutes of that until until people show up, and then we'll have a chat. Freedom Warrior. Feel free to call in if you if you want to have a chat, mate. Okay. Good evening. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just going to turn my volume down a little bit because it was feeding back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be better. If that, if that squeals too much for you, let me know. Um, no, it sounds good now. All right, cool. How you been? Then you're okay. Yeah, it was um, another uh, long work week, but uh, I did all. My, I did most of my shows anyway. So in the morning and in the evening, and. Uh, yeah, it went pretty well, and um, I even had some time to uh, listen to uh, one or two other uh, guys on here on Podbean. So, uh, yeah, things went pretty well. Yeah, I like the I like the format for the uh, Good Morning Amsterdam show. Yeah, it's. Um, I would like to do something other than <laughs> than politics as well, but um, it's just usually the most easy thing to do to read news. It's it's a little bit more. Um, understandable even if you don't live in that place you can somewhat relate to some of it usually and it's just interesting to point out the the hypocrisy of a lot of things what's happening uh, everywhere basically but this this time this is my this is all mainstream uh, media so that's interesting you can always uh, quite quickly see uh, the yeah the lies and all that stuff in it 
Yeah, you can start to start to see themes as well. If you, I mean, I don't check it out, out very much. Usually, I check the BBC every couple of days to see what's going on from their point of view. And sometimes the New York Times, I, I take a look at as well, which I know is, is uh, considered to be a, a not very uh, accurate source of of anything. But they do get they they there are there are some stories on there where there's no reason for them to lie. And I, I like to I like to see what they're saying, and then I, I compare that to what the what the alternative media is saying about the New York Times's version. Yeah. Sometimes the New York Times is right, and the and the alternative media is wrong. There you go. That's a controversial thing to say. No, no, no. That's that's yeah, true. Of course, it can happen. I mean, I was like, not not everything is not true. I mean, I was reading an article this week that uh, <laughs> here in Amsterdam. Uh, we have like uh, the biggest supermarket in the Netherlands is called the Albert Heijn, and and that they <laughs> shut uh, in Amsterdam like 17 of their uh, um, supermarkets in Amsterdam. They they shut the door. Somebody glued the glued the doors, so they had to wait two hours to 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 fix all those doors so the people could go in. But I don't know the motive about this. But this is this is not a lie. This this really happened. This is is not, not at least no twisting of the information. Yeah, yeah, and, well, I, I, and I think the, the New York Times has got a history as well. It's got a history of good reporting. So when people are telling me that there's a, yeah, there might be an agenda behind some of it. There might be an editorial policy behind some of it, but it's not everything. No, no, and uh, it, of course it started out probably as, as good uh, journalism. It would be a wonderful job if you were a real journalist, really going out and discovering and asking questions. I would love a job like that if it was real and not, not uh, if most of it was honest and informative and not telling you what you should think. I yeah, think I think it, yeah, I mean, I've, I've known quite a few journalists over the years. The people I meet tend to be either psychotherapists or journalists. For for some reason, I've met quite a few of both of those both of those groups over the years. Sometimes combined into one person. Yeah, well, uh, maybe there's also a reason for it because you also attract basically uh, what you seek in a way. So it's not it's not uh, by accident, I suppose. Yeah, well, I would, yeah, I worked at Reuters for a little while as well, but I was working on the switchboard. Hmm. I worked there for about seven years, so the the journalists were on the, the next floor up in the building next door. Yeah. What was that job like? Was that fun? It was a, it was a, heavy, a tough job. Tough job because it was just a worldwide switchboard for for like every, every basically every country in, in the world has fallen in to, to give their stories. But... Uh, and most of what I was doing, Reuters has got a lot of lot of financial stuff going on with the city of London. They do a lot of technical support for trading systems and stuff. Hmm. So they, we get all those calls in as well. So it was, I mean, it was a shift work, and I was doing a, a lot of night shifts, which means I got wow. to watch a lot of overnight news. Ah, yeah, yeah. So from that point of view, it was all right. The day shifts were a bit heavy, but the evening shifts and the night shifts were all right. Yeah, that's nice. If you can work in the night and you work in peace, sometimes that's better than the day. I mean, I did uh, a night job for 
two years. But um, it was sometimes okay. But um, and 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 a lot of um, work you can do in uh, around the airport or something. There's a lot of um, things there where you can work in the night. So like, um, and airports are always open. So, but uh, Amsterdam Airport is very close. It's like um, 20 minutes if I take the train. So there were always jobs you could work at night. And uh, I always wanted to work. I never did that job. I always wanted to work at a bar, at a at a bar in uh, <laughs> at the airport, because it always seems like a fun job. Because people come there for a holiday or are staying over, or they're having a flight somewhere else. I always thought, wow, that would be nice. You'll uh, work at night. It's usually more relaxed, and you get to meet a lot of great people. Yeah, it would be an okay job. That it would be an okay job. Well, I never really had like big, big paid jobs or something. I, I worked in the postal service for a long time. I did a cleaning job. I, uh, I, I, then I worked uh, as a, a doorman at a hotel. And, and I never really looked for a job. but went always through somebody else. And uh, then I was, the last few years, I was butler in a five-star hotel. And uh, and all these kind of that was pretty that was a pretty okay job actually, but I never had a really um, a title or any anything interesting or something. So, no, I, I did that switchboard job for five years, and then I got promoted. So I ended up with uh, super super well. I was assistant supervisor, so I had eighteen staff for the last two years. I was there. Mm. Which, which was the reason I left, basically, was because I had 18 staff. It just yeah. was not, not – well, I mean, it was between me and two other people, but uh, it was still a lot of lot of staff to manage. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, if you uh, – sometimes it gets too much in a job, you know, not that I'm how much they pay you. Sometimes the money doesn't equal the, the work and, uh, and the work, the stress of it and – so for me, I, I'm always happy with a little bit less money and a little bit more freedom. Yeah, I would, I would at the moment I would be happy with less money and freedom. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, yeah. At, at the time, I was going for the money a little bit more, but I, I, I learned. I learned from that mistake. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a period where I was earning good money. It helps, but you're also more away. So, and I mean, okay, then when you are free, you can do more because you have more available. But on the other hand, you don't need that much. So, and your freedom is, is everything. The time for yourself, it's great. I mean, I was I was six months at home longer because of the corona, and, and it was great. Every day was like, wow, the whole month for myself. Um, I get up, I make a coffee. I, I don't have to get up at a certain time, but I did anyway. And... Yeah, I felt amazing. I was starting to work on myself, and uh, yeah, I was getting a little bit more creative. I had all the time to do podcasts, so it wasn't bad. Yeah, I literally when I, I started my radio show the week before lockdown started, so I've had eighteen months of doing the radio show every week, and then the last three or four months I added in the podcasting stuff so it's it's worked for me reasonably well as as well and plus i, I i'm i'm when i work in telesales i can do it for a couple of years and then i have to take a break because i burn myself out 
Yeah, you feel it. I also notice now after five days, it's like your life energy is is, is uh, almost taken away for a big part. And then you have two days to kind of recover. <laughs> By the second day, I'm like, yes, I'm starting to feel alive again. And then you have to go again. And, and then the first two days is okay. And then yeah, after three, four, fifth day, it's like uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, your energy is gone a bit. Yeah, and with with telesales as well, like it's got to be kind of out out of hours a little bit because I was doing customer customer telesales to uh, basically ringing homes in the evening, so it was always like an eight o'clock finish or a half past seven finish, and it's just it knocks your social life completely to pot because you can't do anything really when you get home. You, you need something to eat, and then by the time you've had something to eat, you don't really want to go out and do anything. So you end up with more social life, or I did anyway. Yeah, yeah but I must say that the whole uh, podcasting thing gives me a whole new uh, um, energy because I I really like it, and uh, it, it just gives me also a reason to uh, to to get up and like I mean, not that I didn't have a reason, but it gives me uh, like oh yes, great. First, let's do something, and then after work I come home. Oh yeah, I can uh, I still have energy to do a show because I really enjoy it to do it and uh, that gives a whole different purpose to your life if you finally do something that gives you a joy that's so nice yeah I, I like doing the shows as well the shows on Saturday I, I was mostly doing metaphysics and kind of uh, new thought and, and playing videos from Neville Goddard and Joseph Murphy and people like that for the first year or so it kind of it settled into a metaphysics groove and then i got bored with it and i couldn't figure out how to change it because i'd got settled i'd kind of backed myself into a corner so i had to figure out how to change it around a bit uh, and part of that was jumping on the pod being helped me to change the radio show yeah popping it's a very interesting the way it interacts and uh, but i uh, How's those other shows going that you did? Is there uh, an audience for, or is, what is happening there? Well, the, the audience, the audience on Rev Radio is is half a dozen people in the chat room plus whoever's. They, it goes out on TuneIn and uh, a few other apps, radio apps. But I don't know. I don't know how many people are listening. I just do it. So the only way to approach it really is is do it as though it's Madison Square Garden. <laughs> do it as though it's, it's 60,000 people. Yeah, that's true. You got to have that confidence. That makes a whole difference, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm casual, fairly casual about it, but I do it as though there's, there's people listening. And I know, yeah, I know from the stats, I know from the stats on Podbean, I've got, I've got an audience, I've got an audience in India, I've got an audience in South Africa, all over Europe and North America, Mexico as well. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting that they can that you can look in that and uh, yeah, the more different. But the, the problem a little bit I find with Podbean is that if I do if I would do different shows on there, then you, that's what I had in the beginning. You attract kind of a, a different audience for each show, and then I thought, yeah, well, that's not so handy because I do usually more of one show than the other. So, so then I thought, I thought, okay, I'll just stick with one thing, and now I tried again with two, but. I'm not sure about it. Uh, if it's I'm popping alone, and I I feel more confident confident with just one show that gets a bit of a name. 
Right, yeah, one one format to say. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly different to you because I've got the radio show on a Saturday that I do as my main thing, and I'm using Podbean to experiment with other formats and just play about. And, and I've got I've got two or three formats that I like that I use fairly regularly, but I'm, I am still finding my way through it. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, it's whatever works, basically, yeah. It can maybe work, I mean, uh, but in the beginning I did, um, but I had also some evenings that were really fun. I mean, I did, I, I, I always like um, rock music and all that and, and just music in general, but I did a show, uh, I called it Classic Rock Hour, and I, I used to just take the Wikipedia page and would read all of that <laughs> about a certain band and then put a few uh, uh, video clips from interviews in between. But um, that became a little bit tiring because it was a lot of reading and especially if it's a big history of a big name. But I had some very good shows on the Sunday night where people were really, uh, you saw some reactions in the chat where people say, hey, I just came home, I like it. And that, that does help. It does give you a little bit more uh, um, confidence and, and a good feeling like, hey, I did a show and somebody actually enjoyed it. So it's uh, kind of gives you also a, a good feeling about what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. The feedback's important. That's why the, that's the, statistic, the statistics are quite important as well. To know that you've got an audience, I think, makes a difference. Yeah, especially if you do a live show and people just pop in and out. You, at least you know uh, you still can count on a couple of downloads, the people that, that regularly download. So that kind of gives you the edge to go on. Like, yeah, if, if nobody would even down, nobody would come in and no one would download it, it would become, yeah, quite hard to continue. Yeah, that 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 would be tricky. But at least you've got you've got the option of you can, there's always half a dozen people popping in, even if they don't stay on Pod B. Yeah, true. And uh, well, it's just good to know that you that after yeah, uh, half a more than half a year that you at least worked up uh, at least in my case downloads. So oh, that's not so bad. Uh, or an achievement for a six six months work. Yeah, it takes time. It does take time to build it up, and it takes it takes a lot of um, a lot of will to to continue to do something. But I like the fact that you're experimenting with new formats. That that kind of that's the way it's the way that I do it. It's like you could take a format and do it three times a week, and then change change it a couple of times a week. Yeah, there's also uh, there's lots of other things I would love to do, but it's a little bit tricky sometimes how to do it. I'm also a big fan of comedy, but how yeah, how do you do a show about that? I mean, you can play funny bits, or I'm not sure if I could be funny enough to do it on my own. And yeah, then what is funny? And it's a very hard topic to do. So that I would love. And there's a lot of I was doing something about health for a while, but I also run out a little bit of of material. So this little bit trial and error with different things. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to you've got to just do it and be prepared for it to fail. If if the format doesn't work for you now, it might work in six months' time. You can always go back to it and try it again. I was trying, like I was stuck stuck on the radio show, and I was wanting to do a new show. I was wanting to just play with doing a new show, so I did that for the first few times that I was on Podbean and now I've changed it and I'm doing mu music more so it changes with you it's it's where your head is at the time 
Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Also, yeah. yeah, yeah. I still would like to go back because it wasn't the bad format that I did with the, uh, the rock uh, classic rock hour, and uh, there's so many bands to go through, and uh, then you can even go to different eras. You go back to the 70s, maybe, or the 80s, or the 60s, and then you can go on forever, basically, if you keep looking. And that's something I really love. And also, I was discovering myself because I don't know everything about all these artists, uh, so I'm learning while I'm doing it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I mean, my, my radio show on Saturdays, I've been doing music for like most of September. I'm now on TV. I'm doing all TV shows. Well, I, I did a show on Doctor Who, a particular, one particular, one particular uh, storyline of Doctor Who from, from 1975. So I'm now, I'm now kind of on that, on that mode. So music and TV in combination with the eugenics theme again. Ah, yeah, that's, that's nice. If you can do the things that you uh, enjoy, of course, it, it has to do with enjoying it also, I noticed. If you if you have no joy in doing it, you will stop anyway. And uh, But a lot of these pop beaners uh, or radio people, like what we're doing, it's, it's interesting to see that they have um, definitely an interest in it. And, yeah, it's good to try those things out, and uh, yeah, you're right. You can you can come back to it, and it can be a success later. Also, that's true. Yeah, that's what I've found over the, over the last couple of years of trial. It is trial and error, it's messing about until you find something that you want to do for a reasonable period of time, and then yeah, just just do it. If you when I got my head when my head's in music, I need to do music shows. When my head's in TV. I need to do TV shows. When um, when my head's in metaphysics, I need to do metaphysics shows. So, yeah, don't you have a, a in that sense a, a, a maybe a, like conflict because you have different groups of people, like I said, like different groups of people coming to listen to different things, or, or maybe it can also work in your advantage. I'm not sure, but I found it a bit tricky to do, and uh, at least I'm popping to do a lot of different things, but. Uh, I can give it a try again, if I, as I'm doing actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all I'm really doing is I've always got a name for the format, so I always kind of label it, label it with a the name of the format and then the title of the show. So if people don't want to listen, they can always skip it. They don't have to listen to everything, do they? No, I don't I listen do. to everything that everybody does. I, I skip through and find the stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, true. That's also what it's there for. And uh, uh, I mean, I, I found it already very hard lately to to follow. There's so much, and yeah, it's an overkill of information. So I I would love to have the time, more more time, and more uh, attentive time to to listen to all of it. But it's just it's, it's a bit overwhelming. So I just try and pick uh, and choose and pick what I can. And uh, because there's also unpopping a lot of. Uh, yeah, a nice group of people who do a lot of interesting things. Yeah, it's it's developed nicely. I think I think the people who've been doing casual shows are starting to do kind of more topic based shows as well. So that's I think that's how people come in. You come in and do do something casual that's just messing about with your mates or messing about with whoever's around. And then I think people get gay into it a little bit and start to think about it and, and make it a little bit more themed and a little bit more 
based around their own personality or whatever. So everybody's got their own approach, but I think they, like I'm, I get more casual as I go along because I started very kind of structured and I think it works the other way around as well for some people. Yeah. You, you, you discover yourself also in what you're doing. And uh, it's, it's, I'm only doing it solo because I didn't really find people who wanted to uh, do it together. But now, through this popping, you can do it. You can, like this, you can do it also together. You could do a show together in this way. So that's a good thing. You don't need to find a physical person to be with you, or even though that's also cool. But um, yeah, I, I like that too, because uh, sometimes you, other people have different uh, point of view, or they can add something to a certain uh, sentence or a certain topic you're talking about. So that makes it always... Uh, very interesting and uh, yeah you can play off each other a little bit and uh, sometimes you can you know you can use a bit of humor or the other person is a little bit more, maybe more uh, um, I would say this is maybe a little bit uh, more witty more witty so he knows what to say quicker so it makes it all gives it a different dynamic yeah absolutely and if you ever get around to doing that rock format again put me down on the list for, for people to, to guest host with you Ah, yeah. Oh, that was a good idea because I want to. I would love to bring it back because that's something I enjoy. And then, uh, yeah, the idea was basically simple. I would take a, a band like um, a big name from the 70s, for instance. Uh, I started in the 70s. So let's take the police, for instance. Okay, I take the police. And then I took the Wikipedia. But I'm not a big fan of Wikipedia. But yeah, it's, it's not a completely bad format to find the information. And I would just read that. And But for. <laughs> For that band, there's probably a lot to read. But because I was alone, I didn't know how else to do it. So, um, but maybe I can change the format a bit and then, yeah, then we could do that together. Yeah. Yeah, that would be worth a try. It's definitely worth a try. Yeah, because it's nice. The music is so great and there's uh, so much, so many things happen and um, people experiences about it. And uh, that will be also nice to hear from people who actually solar band in the 70s or in the early 80s or something and the whole experience and feeling of it is, uh, is different from today it's not completely but somewhat yeah but you definitely had a different feel to it I'm, I don't go and see big bands now where I used to in the like eight, the 80s the mid 80s on, onwards probably what would I be about 18 well, I think the first, first band I went to see I was 17 or 16 it was a band called White Spirit, uh, from Hartlepool, the northeast of England, local town to where I where I live. And uh, the guitarist in White Spirit was a guy called Yannick Gers, who's now in Iron Maiden. Oh, really? <laughs> he went wow. through. Uh, they supported Ian Gillen in the in the mid eighties, when Ian Gillen was touring with a solo band, and. Uh, Yannick Gers ended up being the guitarist in Ian Gillen's band, and then from there he moved on to. He's been in. He's been in. I think. He, I think he was in White Snake at one point as well. I could be wrong about that, but I think he might have been in White Snake at some point. So he's basically a. He's a job and guitarist. He'll work. He'll work with anybody who's prepared to pay him. I think, which is fair enough. Yeah. But he's he's part of the. He's a standard fixture in the Iron Maiden lineup now. Mm, all right. 
Yeah, White were a very good band as well. They were they they were a good a, a good local band with some good like good ideas. You could tell there was something there. Yeah, but there was also um, when was this the eighties? You said. Yeah, it's just twenty. Yeah. That's all about 40, 35 years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, but there was also a great time where there was real, um, yeah, creative competition also with with the music scene. Like, wow, incredible what came out of uh, this the eighties from the seventies into the early eighties. Man, there's so much to talk about there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love to do a show, a show, a show on. Uh... On any either of those decades, the seventies or the eighties, that's my speciality, really. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I was always more a fan of the seventies, and I, I thought the uh, eighties. But then when I really started to look into it more and, and listen to it more, I thought, no, man, there was ah, there was so much there in that uh, period. Also, uh, incredible, what was uh, achieved musically. Yeah, it was good. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff came out of the northeast of England as well. Yeah, um, of course, um, they they all influence from from England and America on each other in terms of, uh, of music styles. It was also interesting to to watch there, how they influence each other and uh, how other artists made that again more more popular and uh, yeah. That is also a fascinating thing. All those artists also say this. Uh, as you see, Robert Plant, who was influenced going in his travels in the United States, and uh, and vice versa, the Americans were always influenced by the Beatles, like so many. So, yeah, it's interesting to see that uh, history between those uh, nations in terms of uh, music. Yeah, and, it, and Robert Plant, Robert Plant basically did a new version of Elvis for quite a lot of his career. It's like a heavy metal version of Elvis. Yeah, yeah, but they were also heavy into um, a nature and going. Uh, I think they did a couple of recordings in Wales, uh, record recordings in the studio there. And uh, yeah, that's one part of it. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, fascinating. Uh, and that's something I haven't done actually. I think yes. But uh, do you know a lot about them? Um, I've saw Robert Plant a few times. I saw him. Uh, I saw him on the Big Log tour. That's going back to what, 1984, 85, something like that. Mm. And I've seen him at Glastonbury as well. So I've seen him at least twice. I'd, if I thought about it, I might have seen him somewhere else as well. But at least twice nice. I've seen him. Yeah, Glastonbury, that's also a, a nice big festival. It must have been great also back in the day. <laughs> yeah, the first time I went to Glastonbury, I mean, it's 250,000 people now. But when I went, when I was 18, uh, which is a long time ago, it was 20,000 people. So it was two stages plus the Greenfield. And uh, it started on the Thursday night unofficially because there was, there was always bands on the Thursday as well as Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, it was yeah, literally two stages, 20,000 people, two big fields and a small field. Uh, and now it's it's half of London goes to Glastonbury for the weekend. Yeah, all, uh, all big things have small beginnings. <laughs> 
but it also became more commercial, I guess, and there's a lot, a lot more added to it. Uh, you know, a lot more probably food, a lot more other activities around it. Yeah, I think the main, the main growth came from the BBC when the BBC started putting it, put it, putting it out. Uh, not quite live, but some of it was live. Hmm. Uh, that's that's what really spurred it on to go to go over the hundred thousand mark. What's the other one? There's the other big festival there uh, in uh, England. Uh, yeah, there's more, but uh, there was another big one that they usually, I think, used to show on the BBC. Uh, which one is that? Glastonbury now. What's the other one? Do you know? There's there's more festivals. Uh, sometimes, there. well, yeah. There's a there's a festival in Reading. That's a big rock festival. It's now Reading and Leeds. They they alternate the bands between the two days. I don't know whether they televise that one though. They, they might they might show some of it, but I don't know whether they they don't do it live as far as I know. Hmm. But that was all. That yep. was always more of a more of a like a grungier festival, a bit more a bit more punky and a bit more aggressive than Glastonbury. Mm. Ah. Yeah, I, I still can't remember. I, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the name where all those bands came uh, in the in the early also in the eighties. Um, like uh, Guns N' Roses was there in '87, and uh, Iron Maiden and Kiss. I forgot the name. It wasn't Glastonbury. Uh, there was Castle Donington as well. Ah, Donington. Yes, that's Donington, the one. Yeah. Castle Donington. Yeah, that's the big rock, a big rock festival as well. Yeah, because I've been always, I was always fascinated also with Guns N' Roses. I was reading all those books and uh, and uh, the biographies that they wrote, and then also in that story in '87 they were there, or no, '87 yeah, I think, yeah. And then a couple of people died because of the, the pushing and shoving, and uh, and even though during the set they were constantly telling to move back, but uh, it was also rainy and, and it was mud and all that. Uh, Horror where people actually died during a during yeah, a yeah. It's just too it's just too many people in a big crowd. Yeah, that's uh, to do also with uh, the rain and the mud and then people sliding and then uh, you cannot get up and then people are yeah, getting panicked yeah. and they step over you. Yeah, I suppose people would, would get get crushed under the weight of people moving forward as well. But uh, yeah, anyway, those are those are big festivals, and uh, yeah, I, and nowadays they they all those bands because uh, <laughs> the whole industry has changed. <laughs> it's not so that you make all the money from records, so they have to actually go out again. And if you look at the lineups now at festivals, it's amazing. They have like uh, you have Guns N' Roses, and you have Metallica, and you have all those oldies, and, uh, and Iron Maiden, and <laughs> they are yeah because there's really nothing better to replace them. So. You you still get you get them. <laughs> yeah, man, they're making their money from merchandise now and and live shows rather than the rather than the albums. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, it's, it's that's also a topic to talk about. The whole change. I mean, I used to watch uh, the what we call the top forty on the what's on the every Friday on the on the Dutch television. I used to go home to watch it. Yes, let's see who's uh, that. That doesn't exist anymore. 
No, the things shift backwards and forwards, so that that sort of thing will come back, I think. Records, at some point, people will start buying records. Well, they're buying vinyl again now already. But yeah. uh, it'll the, the business model shifts. As technology changes, the business model inevitably will shift. Yeah, true. I mean, I also uh, have bought a few records again because it's just, yeah, it's just interesting. It's just the feeling of it and, and putting it on. The only thing is, of course, shit, you have to get up to, to actually change the record. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit, but, um, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's just romantic, basically. You, you put it on and you sit back and not, not, no TV, no technology, no blinking things, no buttons you have to push, uh, you know, just sit and, it's also a little bit better for the spirit, I think. <laughs> yeah, certainly feels better to me than the the more modern technology. Right, yeah, Freedom I mean, Warrior, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it down now because I've got to go. I've got to be somewhere at eight o'clock. So yeah, no worries. But uh, I've enjoyed the company again. So do you want to do it again next week, or do you want to take a break? Um, no, let's see. Um, Next Sunday, yeah, I, uh, yeah, no problem. I can do it. Yeah. All right, I'll let no, I'll let you know. It'll be roughly the same time, I would think. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, yeah, I like it. Good idea. Let's do it. All right, man. Uh, thanks for coming in. I'll catch you later. Yeah, no worries. Have a good evening. Cheers, man. Cheers. <laughs>